When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Can I I am stealing from Twitter for the segment we are about to enjoy here on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. I'm Bradley Trainer. Colleen will be back next week. Holly is here, of course. And here's the question for you, and then I'll give credit where credit is due. You have, get this, you have to give an in-depth presentation about a TV show. You've been given no time to rewatch any episodes or do research. What show is your presentation about? Again, you have to give an in-depth presentation about a TV show. You've been given no time to rewatch anything. What's the show you're giving a presentation about? 651-641-1071. Holly. Bradley. You might be asking where I stole this from. Well, you did say you stole it from Twitter, but where in the Twitterverse did you take this question? Thank you. One of our listeners by the name of Andrew uh, responded to a tweet from Danielle Nikki on Twitter, and she posed literally the question that I just asked you. Um, and uh, I just I, I was looking through the answers, and I then thought about the answer myself, and I thought this is just a fun conversation to have because I think all of us, hopefully can really quickly pick a show like extemporaneous speech on said show go i think 651-641-1071 you would not have a hard time my talkers coming up with a show now andrew i'm going to i'm going to give his answer on twitter he responded to the question what show would you be prepared to give a presentation about designing women which uh, I would love to give a presentation about designing women. That would not be mine. You could probably imagine what mine would be. I've got a few. I'm sure you do, too. Let's go right to the phones first, though, and hear from Alex. Okay, what's the show you're giving a presentation about with no preparation, Alex? This was so easy, you guys. It's such a good question. It's Sex in the City, hands down. I think I've seen it all the way through like 10 times. All right. So, like, what do you think would be the easiest thing to, to communicate to people about Sex in the City? I would say that it's about dating and searching for love. I mean, that would be the summary, I guess. Yeah. So for you, this was a a no-brainer because you were obsessed with and absorbed everything about the show. Oh, I still, I think I watch it all the way through like once every six months. It's just such a timeless show and it holds up pretty well as, you know, even today it holds up well. Do you bug people in your life about the show? (laughs) Do they know that you, this is your thing? I do reference it way too much. Mm. I love that, though. That's exactly, we all have those shows, right? Yeah, exactly. Great question, though. Thank you guys so much. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, Alex. Thanks, Alex. And thanks for playing the game. Yep. And again, the question, Holly, you've been given no time to rewatch uh, episodes or do any research. What is the show you could easily give a presentation about? Mm-hmm. Do you have an answer to that question, Holly? Oh, I Bradley. feel like you have plenty of answers, but oh. pick one. Oh, thanks for asking, Bradley. Off the top of my head, my instinct goes to The Simpsons. The Simpsons. I will say, as somebody who knows you as well as I do, um, 
I have no problem believing you could easily give several presentations about The Simpsons. I would love to give presentations on The Simpsons. Sometimes I fear that I love The Simpsons so much from a very specific time in the 90s. When I reference the show and I say things, I always have in the back of my mind, I hope these people don't think I'm weird because I'm just saying weird stuff and they don't get the reference. I do this all the time with so many shows, Holly, shows that nobody knows about. At least with Simpsons, you have a fighting chance. Uh, And by the way, thanks for calling to answer the question, what show could you easily give a presentation about with little preparation? Um, Because I know a lot of you out there would think I would answer the Golden Girls. And surely I would be here. And frankly, I would be here at any moment to give you any kind of presentation about the Golden Girls that you would like. But there are a few other shows that I could also do, and, and to Holly's point, have referenced in my life that I know people are like, what words are you saying? And it's all a callback to like the 1970s are you being served a british sitcom favorite um you know i quote lines from that <laughs> that series all the time and i know people are like i don't what is what is he talking about um but i'm going to stop talking and uh, we're going to go back to the phones we've got is it kirsten on the line hey kirsten what's the show you could easily give a presentation about any of the blow deck franchise Oh, okay. So you're like below deck expert. Yes. Yep. I listen to the pod. It's embarrassing, but I listen to all the podcasts. I watch all the reunions. Yeah. I watch it all the time. What is like the thing most people misunderstand about below deck that you love to like correct the record or inform people about? That it's not, uh, it's not scripted and overly um, dramatic just for the sake of entertainment. They actually are working and they are real people and they're not, um, they're not just overstating everything to be dramatic. It actually has a lot of the nitty gritty of what goes on if oh. that's the job that you have. Awesome. I love it, Kirsten. Thank you so much for calling and sharing. So for Kirsten, it's Below Deck. Bradley, I feel like we're missing out on this Below Deck series. Yeah, because it was this the is... second day in a row that yeah. we've heard this, uh, this show reference. I have watched a handful of episodes in my life, and I will say as a person who loves being on a cruise ship, I feel like an affinity towards people who are on like super fancy yachts. Um, so perhaps we need to dip our toes <laughs> into Below Deck. Yeah. Let's go to Sherry, though, in the meantime. Sherry's been waiting patiently to tell us uh, with no presentation or uh, no research or no uh, preparation. What's the show you could give a presentation about? All right, Sherry, what's the show for you? My show would be Big Bang Theory. Oh, okay. So you're like a huge Big Bang Theory fan. I am because when it first came out, I had a person that I worked with say, oh my gosh, I won't watch that because there's no real people like that. But my husband works with all of them. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> Do you care to divulge where this, uh, where your husband works, or is that a secret? Well, that probably isn't a good idea. <laughs> All right, but but rest but assured, with a bunch of really smart people. Yes. But what you're yes. saying, Sherry, is that no, these people, they're for real. Yes, very much so. <laughs> I love it, Sherry. Thank you so much Thank for you. sharing. Uh, all right, let's go to Mara. Mara's going to have the last word. What's the show, Mara, for you that you could easily stand up and give a presentation on? Um, my show is The West Wing. Okay. Um, so you watched, I assume you watched that whole show. I watched it um, from the beginning in 1991, 1999, sorry, all seven seasons. 
And I think all seasons have 22 episodes. And oh I still, God. to this day, I watch it every night before I go to sleep. Oh, I just I, keep starting it. I just keep starting it over again. That's the mark of a show that you could easily give a presentation about. If it's something you watch every night, you have by like uh, no small measure probably absorbed through osmosis alone all of the finer points of that show. Absolutely. I know episodes where I'm going to cry. I know episodes where I have to mute and just watch. I know episodes where I'm going to be laughing until I'm crying. I love it, Mara. Thank you so much for uh, sharing that with us, Mara. Mara, it's West Wing. Holly, you said it was The Simpsons. Is there another show that you feel like you could uh, go chapter and verse on? I feel at the moment I could probably do it in a show about nothing. Seinfeld, what's the deal? What's the deal? Well, I could probably tell you a little bit of the deal about Seinfeld. That's been a show that my husband and I have been rewatching on the weekends. You know, Sunday mornings, you read the paper, so to speak, have breakfast, and you know, watch some Seinfeld. And you said designing women. Uh, that was, uh, I could, oh, that could, was, that Brad. was Andrews, but Golden Girls and then Are You Being Served? Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road. Doctor Who, yeah. Are You Being Served? Good Times, uh, Facts of Life, uh, you know, I, like, I, I kind of, I just, I kind of like to go all in when I love a show. But, um, I think if I had to pick one, like, right now, can't rewatch any episodes, do it. It would either be Golden Girls or Are You Being Served oh. or Doctor Who. I can't. I don't know. I couldn't pick. It's TV's right. so wonderful. Oh, I oh. love TV. What would we be without TV? Wonder. I hope heaven. I hope there's TV in heaven. Yeah. Because if there's not, I'm going to be real bored. <laughs> All right. When we come back. See how I assumed I'm going to heaven. Uh, when we come back. Hey. Holly's going to catch us up with the Rob and China drama. I didn't know there was still drama between these two. Still. Rob Kardashian, Black China, when we return right here on My Talk 107.1. Kylie Jenner landed in uh, Milan, Italy a few hours ago, and her flight from Van Nuys cost $32,000 in jet fuel alone. It took 31,000 pounds of jet fuel and caused 50 tons of carbon dioxide emissions. Oh my God! I have so much fun tracking celebrities on their private jets. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley show. We're not going to go too far afield from Kylie Jenner in this next story. It involves her brother, half-brother, Rob Kardashian. Yes, Bradley. This is a new development in the legal battle between Rob Kardashian and Black China. It's still happening. I don't, okay, so catch me up because I'm trying to remember. I think the last we spoke of Rob Kardashian and Black China, they had reached a settlement. Yes. So what is this involving? And I think the settlement was for the allegations that he, that she assaulted him, right? Well, there have been lots of legal it's accusations. very back and forth it, with it, these two. It indeed is. Now, Bradley, I think uh, that you were... Refre- <laughs> Referring to the fact that in referring, G- referring, I didn't, I haven't done that since college. Mm. And I, they gave me like this metal pipe and I took a really deep breath. Do not, you're not supposed to do that. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> <The more laughs> you know. Yeah, the more you know about that. Um, but uh, 
Back in June, people confirmed that Black China and Rob Kardashian resolved their dispute out of court, this revenge porn dispute, after a judge denied Rob Kardashian's motion to enforce a settlement in which his lawyers argued that Black China and her counsel have acted in bad faith. I mean, there's lots of back and forth here. Starting in 2017, that's when Black China started her legal battle with the Kardashian-Jenner family, where she sued Rob Kardashian and the Kardashian Jenners accusing them of damaging her brand as well as verbally and physically abusing her. Now, that case was settled on the Kardashian Jenner side. They won that defamation trial in May. No damages awarded to Black China. Her attorney has since denounced their intention to appeal of the verdict, but back in June, the Kardashians and Jenners asked for about a half a million dollars to cover their court costs from Black China. This is a very litigious group of people. Yes. Okay, so that's a lot. Where are we at again? So now where we're at, Bradley, is that Black China is putting an end to her years-long battle with Rob Kardashian oh. in that she asked a court to request to dismiss her revenge porn claim against Rob Kardashian with prejudice. This is interesting. After they reached a settlement just before their scheduled court date in June, because that's the case we're talking about. There was the defamation case. Then now there's this revenge porn case. But now Black China is requesting to dismiss her claims with prejudice, even though they've well, already reached a settlement. There was the defamation case with the Kardashians. Yep. But then remember, there was the uh, violence case. Uh, that was settled with Rob, and then there were the legal. Um, uh, what's the word? I'm, I'm uh, the damages that she was going to have to pay the Kardashians or the legal bills. Yep. Do you think that she is asking for this case against Rob to be dismissed with prejudice, which means can't bring it again? Because maybe the Kardashians are like, fine, we won't ask you to pay our legal bills if you drop your case against Rob. Bradley, connect the dots. I'm a legal eagle. Exactly, Bradley. Dropping eagle turds on legal issues for this show. Uh, But (laughs) but do we? I mean, that's just that's the only thing I can think of. Yes. Because you ask yourself, why would she just want the judge to dismiss a case that, by all accounts, she has a lot of. I mean. She has every right to bring because we all saw the revenge porn. Yeah. And Rob Kardashian is banned from being on Instagram because of the release of that revenge porn. But Bradley, I love your sleuthing. Now, that is just our opinion. It is not clear in legal documents that that's exactly why that's happening. But But maybe we should look for like, oh, the Kardashians are no longer asking, you know, Uh, Black China to pay their legal bills in the defamation case. Yeah, because again, Black China is asking to dismiss this claim with prejudice. And that means that it would block her from filing any future claims on the matter, effectively squashing this legal battle between the exes. So with this filing, it means that she's just going to leave this alone and she's not going to bother Rob Kardashian. I mean, that's the other other possibility is that he legally settled with her. Yeah. But something tells me, Bradley, that you're, you are totally right that there is behind the scenes talking between Black China's uh, representation. Because here's the thing: the I know. Oh, please tell me. Black China is not dumb. Yeah. Like a lot of people questioned uh, some choices that she made over the years, 
uh, and her role in this relationship with Rob, but I don't think she's dumb. I think she has been playing the Kardashians at their own game for years, and I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, she was playing hardball with this case. And there's a reason why she, you know, like you understand why people are litigious. Like we don't get it, right? Like we're always, when we hear these lawsuits, we're like, why are these people wasting all this time and money on this stuff? Mm-hmm. It's always rich people. Yeah. It's always rich people in their litigation. Look, you need look no further than the TV show Hacks. Oh, yes. You know, um, the character Deborah Vance likes to sue everybody, including but not limited to, spoiler alert, I won't tell you, somebody in the show. Um, you know, like we see this all the time. Mm-hmm. It's it's power, right? And yes. when you have the money, you can make people do things or you can make money using uh, lawyers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a method for control. It's a method to slowly grind people down and will them into doing what you want them to do. It's like, okay, here are your options. You can continue this legal battle for years, or maybe you can settle and we can figure something out. Mm. Well, I'm gonna we're gonna keep our ears and eyes peeled, I think, because I don't think this is the last we've heard. But thank you, Holly, for catching us up and revealing all the latest on Rob Kardashian and Black China. When we return, we've got some more celebrities behaving badly. In fact. We created a whole segment about them. We call them D-Bags. Right here on My Talk 107.1. Celebrities are always behaving badly. We love it. We created a whole segment around it. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley Show. I'm the Bradley. Colleen will be back next week. Holly's here for the fun. Let's get right to those D-Bags halls. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Hey, Bradley. Hey, what? Who's your D-bag today? Oh, uh, page six. Oh. Oh, do you smell something? No. Well, uh, doo-doo, because I don't <laughs> like the story, and that's why they're my D-bag today. And I read this story, and now I feel like a D-bag myself, because I like read the whole story, and I was like, well, I don't need to know any of this. Why are you trying to make this a thing? Here's the headline. Winona and Ashley Judd left out of mom Naomi's will. Yes, I did see that oh, headline. God. And I then I need to understand. And then they like try to tell me there's nothing there, but there could be something there we don't know. I think the intention here is to make you think there was some rift between mother and daughters. And uh well, we don't know. There could be some. It's possible. Who knows? But then they tell us all the details about the will and like who signed it and who's like ex- executor of her estate. And it's like all these details that like I don't know. I mean, sure, stuff can be a story sometimes. And there was a tragic death. So, and a celebrity and a family that's grieving, celebrity family that's still grieving. So, all of that, I guess, is relevant. But there's nothing really in this story other than some like probationary or probation, probate e details. Yeah, sure. Like details about how the her uh, estate is going to be uh, dissolved. So, yeah. And what I hear you saying, Bradley, is that the beef, you smell it with page six because they're trying to pit this story as some kind of diss from beyond from Naomi Judd. Like, she didn't include her daughters in her will. Yeah, and they fully say at the end of the story, and I'll see if I can find it. Oh, it's unclear. So they, they spend this whole story telling, or this whole story on page six telling you that uh, Ashley and Winona were not named in uh, the will, and that I think it's her husband who is the executor, who's like responsible for everything. Which also, duh, yeah. I mean, 
that's usually how it works, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but so then, then you know, so they're like, well, I don't know, it could be something. I don't know, it might be something. And then at the end, they go, it's unclear if uh, Winona or Ashley were named as beneficiaries in any of Naomi's other assets, as this was not stated in the will. So it's like they don't have the whole story. They don't know the full details. They just know what they know, which is that she, she the, the daughters were not listed in this will. So, as receiving, um, you know, part of the estate or property. And we really don't know a lot of information outside yeah. of these documents that page six, yeah. six has obtained. And also, and also, I mean, they're very successful women. Yeah. I'm sure they'll be fine. Yeah. I, I just feel like they're trying to gin up drama that we don't have any reason to believe there was drama. Now, certainly there could be, and who knows, and it wouldn't be the first family that had drama, but... Right. Seems a little disingenuous to sort of act like there's an issue here when we don't really know that that's the case. Well, surprise, surprise, surprise. A tabloid is uh, taking a story and spinning a headline that wants to get you to click on it. And then the actual story is a lot. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's not really salacious. Now, uh, they're also, Bradley, (laughs) page six is using a source from Radar Online for this story. Yes. The the Radar Online source claims that Winona is upset that she was excluded because she was half of the Judds. Yeah. And she was the, quote, major force behind her mom's success. Uh, Well, the Radar Online story, Bradley, is even more salacious than the Page Six headline, saying that Naomi Judd cut daughters Winona and Ashley from $25 million will. So they're making the claims that this was a deliberate... uh, leaving out of Winona and Ashley from her estate. And again, it's it, it's like drama by uh, omission, because in that story, it actually says, in official documents obtained by Radar, Naomi made no mention of her daughters, Winona or Ashley, and rested all power with her husband. In official documents. It doesn't mean all the documents. Yeah. It means they, they saw some documents that didn't include her daughters, to which I would say, again, not surprised, because... I don't know if you know this, if you have parents, one of them dies. If there's a will, it's probably going to be the surviving parent that's going to be responsible for stuff unless there was, you know, like it's it, it you never know. But this is there's nothing surprising here is what no, I'm saying. No, no, it's not surprising at all that you would have your spouse be the executive, your uh, executor of your estate. And I'm all here for drama. And if there's drama, trust, I mm-hmm. will be the first to bring it to you. Yeah. But we have no proof of this drama and we're already dealing with a tragedy. Yeah. And we're already dealing with a lot of stuff we don't know anything about that right. affects the lives of people who are still living. So mm-hmm. I just feel like, you know, page six, radar online, do better. Yeah, do better. It's not hard. Yeah. She's been married to, she was married to Larry Strickland since 1989. Yeah. 1989. And also just money and death. It's just a weird combo. It very much is. So I don't think anybody needs to get in between anybody and their family when it comes to, you know, uh, like probate stuff. Mm-hmm. Ain't none of my business. No. Including but, but not limited to my own family. But you know what is our business, Bradley? What's that? My D-bag of the day. Oh, God. Do you have a D-bag, too? I sure do. That's helpful. It's Taylor Swift. Oh, my God. Taylor Swift. It's a good thing you picked Taylor Swift when Colleen's not here. Well, I would would like to see. That's fine. 
that's fine. What did Taylor Swift do? Because Taylor Swift is doing this to herself, Bradley. I'm just reporting the news. I'm just telling you what she did to herself. (laughs) Yes, Taylor Swift has been the subject of internet vitriol because of the fact that Taylor Swift, according to some data, is the celebrity who has used her private plane the most and has released the most carbon emissions into our atmosphere via private jet. I am just all here for the story, and I know it's petty. I don't care. It's fine. That's what we do here at my talk. We but talk it's a, about it's petty not, things. It's not even petty. It is petty. But is it? I don't know that it's petty. Yeah. I, I've been going back on, and forth, and I want you to tell me more about this particular mm-hmm. story, but I just keep going back and forth. Like I think it's okay to point out celebrity hypocrisy, and in this case, it's for the benefit of the environment. So I'm kind of all here for it. Yeah, save the planet. Talk about Taylor Swift. So. It's also easy because I don't have a private chat. <laughs> yeah. It's very low stakes for us. Yeah. I have a vehicle and a bicycle. Yeah. But Taylor Swift, uh, she, faced, she faced backlash, including this week, last weekend, for being named the celebrity with the worst private jet carbon emissions. Now, paparazzi caught up with our friend uh, Taylor Swift. Apparently, these photographs were from earlier this month, but she was hiding behind an umbrella while deplaning at the airport in Burbank, California. Now, these photos <laughs> resurface this week as Taylor Swift is facing criticism for taking 170 flights since January, resulting in more than 800 tons of carbon emission oh, being and released totally in the atmosphere. Blew the, the public response to this, her oh, PR yeah. people did. Yeah. I would be firing this agency. Yeah, because they made a statement, Taylor Swift folks talk to rolling stone magazine and i'm paraphrasing here but they were saying well taylor swift wasn't on all of these flights she's a nice friend and she was loaning her private jet to friends and family it don't matter honey you own the thing (laughs) i just like that these photos have resurfaced kind of being like i don't want anybody to see me getting off of my private jet in burbank don't look at me please now maybe this was one of these flights that nt lawyer our friend who gives us blind items was alluding to that she knew she was getting beef for taking all these private jet flights and maybe didn't want folks to see her getting off of this plane not a southwest airlines flight you know when did that stop when southwest did... airlines no, flights? no. <laughs> although i do uh, i do miss the old southwest um when we lived in texas i used to have the opportunity to fly southwest and i think a couple times here um but anyway uh, back to the story now when did celebrities stop flying coach or uh commercial Right, like sure. that had to be, I would imagine, in the two thousands. Yeah, I don't know the economics of private jet ownership. I know that there are companies that do private jet timeshares where you can buy into the company and you get X amount of hours on a private plane. Um, celebrities have had their own airplanes for quite some time. Remember back just, in the day, Led Zeppelin had a jumbo jet with shag carpet and beds Well, and it. there's always that kind of, like, Trump had, you know, his big plane, and, yeah. you know, like, it's it's not new that celebrity, some celebrities would do this, but it, but it was much more rare, and today I believe it's much more common, and it must have something to do with the economics, but I think also probably it has a certain amount to do with the, the excuse that they would give likely that it's a security issue. Sure. But I just remember the days of like, and it wasn't, I mean, we were on the air even, so it's got to have been post 9-11 and probably well into the 2000s because 
I, I always, I remember like we would talk about these stories of like a celebrity on an airline, you know, they would do something nice for someone or, you know, they would like tip a flight attendant or like you, you don't hear those kinds of stories anymore. No. And celebrity sighting at the airport. Haven't had one of those in a while. Well, haven't been to the airport in a while. Was it you Bradley who saw Jennifer Garner here yeah. at MSP? Yeah. So they still do obviously fly uh, coach. It's not that, or not coach, because uh, she was probably definitely not in coach. Uh, but commercial, I'm yeah. sure it still happens, but it does seem more and more like celebrities are trying to fly private. Yeah. Well, you know, they're celebrities. And then there's the rest of us. Yeah. Or at least celebrities who believe that this is like a status thing. Sure. But I bet, Bradley, if you go into any airline club around the world, you're going to find lots of celebrities hanging out, eating their cheese and crackers in the corner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the cheese and crackers are never as good as you want them to be. Like you feel fancy. You've been in those things, right? Yes. And you're like, you're like, oh, I'm fancy. And then you're like, but I'm still we're not really because like Kylie Jenner's she's eating yeah. like blini and caviar <laughs> on her <laughs> private chat while we're like wolfing down you you're know, like oh this chicken salad and and I get to mix and match my sodas at the soda fountain <laughs> yeah and they have those they have those yummy little you know truffle cheesecake bites or you know some dumb little thing that you like grab the tongs with yeah that's true but you know what bradley i'm gonna feel fancy with my cheese and crackers in the corner fancy yeah i like i want to feel like uh what's the word like comfort plus fancy yeah right like i don't know that i'm quite a first class fancy mm-hmm. i'm more of a comfort plus fancy yeah you want your cheese and crackers but you also want to self-serve you don't need someone to bring you your Thank cheese and you. crackers yes <laughs> I, like, like i like to to sit in a exit row more mm-hmm. than i want to sit in like first class. You're willing to take on that responsibility, Bradley? Yeah, because I don't want all the pressure of like fancy, like you're going to have to have a tablecloth and you're going to have to eat with like real silverware. Oh, you don't want the hot towel? No, I want to get my combos, but I want to have leg room. <laughs> okay, this has been a story about me. It was supposed to be with D-bags. I apologize. <sighs> I uh, changed the conversation. Holly, thank you for sharing. And also, good luck to you, Miss Taylor Swift. When we return... Oh, we got to catch people up on the Rocky... Uh, versus Dolph Lundgren versus uh, Creed versus Irvin Winkler. What's his name? Irwin Winkler. Irwin Winkler. There's some Sylvester Stallone drama that's still going on. We need to catch you up on when we return right here on My Talk 1071. Don't worry. It's fine. Fly is, he's fine. It's, It's cool, you guys. This whole beef with Rocky and the producers of the new franchise. It's all good. It's okay. You know how we know this here on the Colleen and Bradley show on my talk one Oh seven one. How? Why? Dolph Lundgren Why? is saving the day. Turns out he had to uh, take to social media, Holly, because you'll remember, actually you told us the story. Did you not? Yeah. About how Rocky was a little ticked off about not being a part of uh, the Rocky spinoff world. That seems to be taking shape. Yeah. We talked about this yesterday, Bradley, because it was confirming a blind item that NT Lawyer had delivered to us last week. The fact that Sylvester Stallone doesn't have an ownership stake in the Rocky franchise and how that's making him an extremely bitter Betty. And he took out his vitriol on producer Irvin Winkler on Instagram the other day. Pretty graphically, actually. Yeah, but, but graphically including but not limited to paintings of Rocky Balboa as played by Sylvester Stallone uh, getting uh, vampired by Irwin Winkler. It's so weird. It's so weird. Uh, so, yeah, clearly there's beef. 
between Sylvester Stallone and the producers of the Rocky franchise. Well, and specifically, um, there's there's supposed to be this spinoff movie, and this seems to be what touched uh, Sly off yet again. Specifically, the spinoff movie about uh, e- Ivan Dra- Drago, the character from, uh, you know, the old Rocky. What was that? Rocky? Rocky Four. four. I was Rocky goes to the Soviet Union. Yeah, when it was like a full Cold War special. <laughs> yeah, and Rocky, he's a scrappy American training in Siberia, and Drago is being trained by the big scientists like a of Russian the Russian robot. I will break you. I will break you. Uh, but Dolph Lundgren has now set foot in the ring (laughs) and uh, is setting the record straight. He literally said, quote, just to set the record straight regarding a possible Drago spinoff, there is no approved script, no deals in place, no director. I was personally under the impression that my friend Sly Stallone was involved as a producer or even as an actor. Mm -hmm. There was a press release or excuse me, a press leak last week. That was unfortunate. Uh, in touch with Mr. Balboa, just so all the fans can relax. There you go. Woo! So he's like, take a time out. <laughs> it's fine. I wonder how much of that is directed toward uh, Sly Stallone. The you can relax. Well, Bradley, I think that he is talking directly to Sylvester Stallone. Now, interestingly enough, looking at Dolph Lundgren's message to Sly Stallone on Instagram, it was edited. You know, which means that uh, Dolph Lundgren went back and rearranged the kitchen a little bit yeah, on the you messaging. Know we all do that. Yeah, we all do that. Uh, but this seems like my 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 conspiracy theory, Hollywood speak on this, is that. Somebody leaked the news of this Drago movie a little early to the press, just like Dolph Lundgren said, but that Sylvester Stallone probably was no way, shape, form involved in any of this, and that he got mad, and now Dolph has to do damage control. Well, and now, I mean, it might, it, you know, this this all caps uh, reaction from Sly Stallone may ultimately end up with him getting up chunk of this mm-hmm. you know this may work out for his benefit is what yeah. i'm saying well and i think that sylvester stallone's ultimate beef in all of this is not that he wouldn't be included on the project in the producing or even the acting capacity it's that he doesn't own this franchise yeah. well that's a beef he needs to take up with somebody else and i don't know where that initial beef came from no 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 because we've got a throwback picture that Sylvester Stallone posted 19 hours ago saying, this is the character I love, wears his heart on his sleeve, and man of the young people. This picture is fantastic, and he, he thanks David Blaine for finding it. Thanks. 1976, at least six months before any of these kids even knew who Rocky was. So clearly he's sending these messages. I created this character. This character is beloved. That this is me and this is my creation. And he's really upset that he doesn't have an ownership stake in this. But we talked about this yesterday, Bradley, where it's like, well, you know, 1976, what kind of deal was Sylvester Stallone making to get this movie made? Nobody had any idea where this was going to end up, which, yeah, that sucks for, you know, people who wish they would have had a stake in it. But clearly that didn't happen. And also, I feel like Sylvester Stallone has done pretty well for himself based on that franchise such that, you know, while he may is maybe not able to pad his bank account as heftily as he perhaps would like, 
I, I don't think anybody would say he hasn't benefited from the franchise, right? Right. Well, and he has other franchises, too. He's Rambo! Rambo, The Expendables. Uh, but it shows how much movie making has changed. Stop in- or my mom will shoot. Oscar. I don't remember Oscar. Was that with a dog? No, that's where he plays the gangster in 1930s. Oh, uh, I don't like, uh, yeah, it's the whole thing. It was like okay. it was like in the early the 90s. Sex tape. <laughs> the the Italian stallion. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's still getting royalties. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you get two, a two cent check from the Screen Actors Guild for that one. <laughs> Woo! Emphasis on the sag. Okay. <laughs> hey! I, I uh, but what's fascinating is that this is an this is an opportunity to examine how the movie industry has changed in the past fifty years. In 1976, no one was thinking, boy. This Rocky, this is great IP, intellectual property, and we're going to franchise the crap out of this for the next half century, coming from the mid-70s, where it was taboo that The Godfather even had a sequel at that point. Mm. Mm. Who owns all that? People. It's like a group of people. <laughs> well, Paramount Pictures uh, has uh, the rights to The Godfather. And interestingly enough, there was a story, Bradley, today in The Hollywood Reporter. Author Mario Puzo, his estate is going off to be managed by one of those big conglomerates. Oh, God. It's messy. Oh, God. It's messy. Yeah, man. I was oh. just thinking today about how, like, you know, art is art, except in this country where art is money. Yeah. I mean, it's not just this country. It's like every country, but like, well, they don't so, call it show business for nothing. It's not show art, it's show business. <laughs> Holly, thank you for listening, and, and th- thank you for bringing this, <laughs> bringing the story. And you're welcome. And when we come back, actually, we're going to listen to you uh, because you've got a story about f- the fear of missing out. Oh, yeah. A couple of stories, actually, right? Yeah, well, I've got a couple of stories of Hollywood gents who are just not worried about FOMO at all. All right, we'll talk about celebrity FOMO or the lack thereof when we return right here on My Talk 1071.